Thanks for downloading and pressing play on this podcast. Coming live from my house with my engineer, B Rabbit, episode eight, my 75 hour fasting experience. I'm Brandon Kelly, and I'll be your host for the time being. All right, before I dive straight in, let me let me get back some love and, and some much gratitude to everyone that downloaded episodes one through five, the ultimate experience to a 48 hour fast. We had a thousand downloads in just over 24 hours from the time we launched. Big community of fasters, huh? Received a couple small awards and a formal congratulations from Apple Music's themselves. So nothing crazy, but brings an air to air smile. Providing reassurance will always be the backbone of confidence. So much love on that. Thank you. Okay, without further ado, episode eight, my 75-hour fasting experience, a.k.a. the road to an extraordinary mind. Oof, jingao. Let me first peel back the reasoning behind this 75-hour fasting mission. All right. When one does a, a prolonged fast and chooses to still perform at a high level, it's essential that minerals are apparent in the blood. It allows the brain, the heart, the muscle to function and communicate with each other as a as like a whole unit. And if you're new to my podcast, what up? But I've stated multiple times that sodium is the most undervalued and most overlooked performance enhancing products out there. It delivers nutrients and flushes toxins out of the cells at, at a rapid pace. This might not sound super sexy, but let me tell you. Taking care of our bloodstream is, well, it's paramount. And it's not that hard. Now, there's some other minerals that are just as supportive and valuable as sodium, and like magnesium, potassium, and calcium. The, the core four are what make up a dynamic compound that, that some of you know as electrolytes, but in my industry, we know them as neuron transmitters. It's the faster the signal between the heart, the muscle, and the brain, the better we perform. So after years of real-life application and making them for my very own home, I felt confident enough to formulate a recipe based on a performance lifestyle, a product that will keep the mind and the body connected while not raising your insulin and not breaking a fast. So the mission was to validate my own product called the fasting formula before it ever hit the shelves. And the rules were simple. To work and work out just as hard as I would on on like any given Sunday. So the three days with the same consistent schedule with no deviations. So a little background on this. The idea for the fasting formula stemmed from my buddy, Cal Newell. And he's the leading fasting expert and author of Panda Diet out in Jersey. He studied the importance of minerals within dieting as a competitive bodybuilder. And from there, as previously stated, I started making my own electrolytes. So I became like extremely keen with earth-derived minerals and their function towards the earth. This led me down a couple different books highlighting Native Americans. I know I'm kind of off subject, but talk about primal beings who utilize the land to develop the spirit. As one of the oldest cultures that I personally found who indulged in prolonged fasting, it, it makes total sense as to why water for them was so sacred. The minerals that I just spoke dominated the water they had access to, which provided the essentials needed to go days without fasting while being considered some of the healthiest and fittest cultures that ever roamed the earth. Savages. 
I'm not sure if I could say that word anymore about him, but it's in a good way. So here we go. Perception is always reality. And and I know I seem to say this phrase quite a bit, but let's just have clarity first. How you perceive things is reality. Everyone's perception is going to be different. How others see the world dictates their actions and beliefs, standards, decisions. The list goes on, right? So half full or half empty type shit. So when I go into prolonged fast because of my research and my studies, I have full trust in the health benefits and how if done right, it has a positive transfer into the physical and mental energy. Workouts, tests, writings, my perception is I'm winning while I'm in a fasted state. I say this because without having the attitude or the perception toward a fast, one could fight its benefits and actually counter the effects by raising stress, like the bad stress, like cortisol. And I don't want to change subjects here, but just know I'm all in mentally towards the 75-hour fast. And I remember about three years ago when my buddy Kyle that I just recently talked about was explaining to me the value of an OMED, an abbreviation to one meal a day. And at the time, I was fasting, but it wasn't on a regular basis. So I found myself in his creek behind his house in New Jersey in my rolled-up sweatsuits. And it's not the New Jersey most of us Chicagoans conceptualize. Like, this isn't the Sopranos, bada-bing, New Jersey. This is beautiful, beautiful land, New Jersey, with mountains and streams and nature and all that. So it's a truly amazing place. And he talked about tapping into your primal state taking it back to how humans survived before the formation of civilization and what we know of it right now. Wake up, maintenance the living quarters, I guess, gather, hunt, if successful, which isn't guaranteed, and capture, clean, feast, celebrate, mate, repeat. Imagine the likelihood of a successful hunt. Like I said, nothing was guaranteed. So it's extremely likely we went sometime, and when I say we, you know, our ancestors. It's extremely likely our ancestors went sometimes days with the, without the enjoyment of food. And, and this resonated with me. It was as if my character right then and there in my rolled up sweatsuit had finally been complimented with primal power at my fingertips just waiting to launch. So when I feast, it's a reward. There's something special about earning your food. And for me, it's an honest day of hard work and working out. By eliminating unnecessary food throughout the day, which I know is not for everyone. But for me, this has been a game changer in stress management, gut health, you know, ridding inflammation, and physique maintenance at the age of 40. I don't know if I'm necessarily stronger at 40 than I was at 30. I remember making that statement. I, I, I'm close. But let me tell you, I know I'd kick his ass. And I'd freaking rank, stank, and stop my 20-year-old version of me. And it's got nothing to do with being physically stronger. As I started this 75-hour fast, after the first full day and full night without eating, it was almost like clockwork that my mind started to trickle into a primal state. The feeling, I guess, can be described as being extremely alert. And I'm not sure if it was because I knew I still had two more days and two more nights to go, but I had a ridiculous amount of energy. 
And anytime you break routine, stress becomes apparent. And as I previously just stated, my routine is to usually eat one really big meal at night. I wake up early, I I attempt to be better than the day before and move the needle as much as possible within my capability. And then I smash, then I feast, then I celebrate the day. So not having that meal, which has now became a habit, puts stress on the realm of my, my, my mind and my body and probably my spirit. Remember, stress isn't necessarily bad, but is actually what we rely on when fasting to create the results we are looking for. So and here, like, like just to sum that up is we put ourselves into a state of stress. It's called hormesis. And this triggers the cells to start, you know, what's called the rejuvenation process. The more the hours ticked away, the more energy I had. And by the third day, that's where I noticed my most apparent mind shift. This is where the majority of this podcast, I'm sure, is going to just fall. Last week, I, I had a seminar, and I spoke about the history and foundation of fasting. I drew a hierarchy triangle on the whiteboard, a big whiteboard I had, and I broke it down into four different parts. And I wrote the words, health is paramount as the foundation. So the backbone is going to be health is paramount. I personally know the benefits of fasting when it comes to health, the rejuvenation of the blood cells, the magical function it has on our immunity and recovery. My fasting philosophy, everything stems first and foremost from the state of health rather than fat loss. If our insides are strong, you better believe your tissues and mind will have complemented strength. And then the second part on the hierarchy triangle was the word energy. I had two more, but I'm not going to go into those. And let me tell you, though, energy, this is the mecca of life. Energy is everywhere, and understanding this as a subject is one thing, but experiencing energy as a realm is completely different. I'm going to put a disclaimer out there right now. If you're fasting for the sole purpose to lose weight, I believe you wandered into like the wrong chapter. There's so many quote-unquote diets out there that will have you drop pounds faster. Well, let me take that back. I'm not necessarily sure I can justify that statement. Fasting for weight loss, for like fat loss, has a very quick turnaround. Hmm. But maybe what I'm trying to say is that you might be missing the most influential point of life you receive as a gift when fasting. Rather than looking for direct results, maybe it's time to experience what only a few will ever allow themselves to. And in my eyes, fat loss will always be a byproduct. The third full day with absolutely no calories, I was extremely mindful of my energy. Hold up. Let me back up. There's a couple days I skipped. It was traditional. The 48 hours, the first two days, my workouts, they were amazing. For me... I always get the best workouts while I'm in a fasted state. I feel light. I have an engine to go and push the pace. And my mind is just more clear from distractions. And performance is always my metric. In the combination of being without food and having access to my fasting formula on hand, it it was making this experience extremely enjoyable. There was no urge to eat, which is usually a telltale sign that sodium and other vital minerals are are optimal. 
So I had a lot of energy the first two days. And, and when I speak of this type of energy, it's like a cup of coffee. Like that's the type of energy that makes you go. So I had that type of energy. But it was on the third day where I was kind of interrupted by myself. I was mindful of my energy. And, and this energy, it was more like frequency. It was like vibrations that were being felt with, with absolutely no force. I spoke earlier of the realm of energy, like the realm of simply waving your hand through the air and assisting atoms at a desired speed in the space of the unknown. It was very clear to me that the word energy from that point forward would never be the same. It was, I had energy, but it was extremely conscious of others. Their energy was so apparent. It was their vibrations that stood out. It's, it's really hard to explain. I felt patient to listen and respond rather than react. It was as if I was able to process at an extremely high rate. And as I, I try to explain almost the unexplainable, there was little to no conversation with myself. For decision-making, which I believe I do a lot of that, man, it makes a huge difference on what sometimes get left on your plate to deal with later. It was almost like the world finally slowed down and there was absolutely no rush or panic or condescending thoughts. Pure. I guess that would be the the word, a great word to sum up this experience is pure. And the third day, so about 68 hours in, maybe 70 hours in, I went to jujitsu. And for those that don't know, I practice no-gi submission wrestling. And, and I'm not sure others would classify it as that, but that's what I do. I classify it as submission wrestling. And that might be why I have quote-unquote bad habits when it comes to jujitsu. But once again, perception is reality. And I am who I am. And let me once again be clear, up to this very point, I've expended lots of calories, but nothing but minerals and black coffee within. It was here in the parking lot that I felt my first taste of anxiety. Thinking about my friend Luis Leon telling me how I'm infamous on, on always crossing the line. That notion was, was, was pondering in my head. But it only pondered for about a split second because it was short-lived. It was like my mind found a solution right away. There was absolutely no inner dialogue going on. My brain found a solution, and it was right here. It was right in the parking lot, and I found myself in, the, in a present state of mind. And it's one of the hardest things to ever do. Ask anyone who truly practices meditation and yoga, and I stress the word practice. It's those that practice that become one with the body. The mind and body have a, have a connection. That connection is also known as the spirit. It's instinctual for all of us to dwell in the past and anticipate the future. So getting in, into like a state of being usually takes a lot of reps, just like anything else. Breathing is the most influential aspect of pulling yourself together. And stop the thoughts of like bullshit to be on repeat within your own own mind. As you inhale, your ribs expand and you breathe in good energy. As you exhale, your ribs contract, blowing out toxins, bad thoughts, bad energy. However you classify it. When you practice, you practice concentrating on the breathing. It's, it's hard. It's hard to not let your brain wander. Once my breathing became apparent, I knew right then and there I was safe 
and ready to enjoy this ride. Once again, it was not forced. It was as pure as it could get. So there I found myself uh, in the jiu-jitsu school, rolling with a guy named Tiny. Guy towered me. Fucking twice the size of me. Tiny. Chingao. Um, calm, cool. Cool as a cucumber, but looking this dude up and down like Chingao, man. This is going to be fun. Usually in a jiu-jitsu practice, you do about an hour worth of drilling. So there I was drilling with Tiny. And then afterwards, it's just kind of, it's not a free-for-all by any by any means, but it's six-minute rounds, and then you get a minute break in between rounds, and you do live, live goes. And it was here, man. I was here. I, I, I was a fucking animal. Remember, here's something that I, I was thinking about. I was processing at an extremely high rate, as most, most were just waking up. It was... 11, maybe 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I was hunting without food for three nights already. And it was a spectacular display of aggression and patience. I was fluid, mobile, strong, conditioned, (laughs) and a bit off. I mean, come on. I'm 40, wrestling with some young killers, all while almost like I was tripping on some mushrooms and living in a dimension that 99.9% of the population will never experience. It's almost like I had no doubt with my actions and decisions. When you have no doubt lingering, you have absolute clarity and confidence. It's an amazing feeling. So then it was time to drive home. And the 30-minute drive turned into about an hour and a half as I pulled over to get some water from the gas station. I knew it. I knew I was parched. I didn't have any more water. I did have my fasting formula, but I didn't want to just dry scoop it. So I found myself in a conversation from a complete stranger at a gas station at a town I had no clue where I even was. He initiated the conversation about my truck, something about my wheels, if they were stock or not. Honestly, like, Looking back, if it were any other day, I wouldn't even hear what this person was saying. I would be thinking about all the shit I needed to get done. But I'd be there. I'd, I'd be nodding my head up and down because I, I was gifted with a heart to care to not just blow somebody off. And I'd stand there and nod my head and as if I gave a fuck, but I would, I would just be thinking of other things. But this time I actually heard what this guy was saying, a complete stranger. I listened as if it was a conversation that was supposed to happen. There was solid dialogue and I asked questions to even clarify. And lo and behold, this gentleman I was speaking to has a daughter who is going through infantile scoliosis. Something I'm extremely familiar with as my daughter has had three operations before the age of 12 regarding this matter. And, and lo and behold, this gentleman owns one of the largest distribution centers in all of Chicagoland area. Not a bad connection to make. And we talked. And I felt a connection. It wasn't about me. My ego was gone. It was almost stripped away. It got put on blast. My world was non-existent. It was, it was about others. It shifted. Now I know I, I, 
when when I grapple, when I did this, when I do jujitsu, I go pretty hard. People are probably listening to this, and some people that grapple with me know it might not be the best, but it's gonna be a it's it's a dogfight. It's hard for me to go slow. This might have put me over the top, but it might have been just what I needed. It was around the seventy hour mark where I I started jotting down notes on the feeling I was experiencing. I fe- I felt off. It wasn't bad. I just felt off. It was different. I was restless, and I once again thought about my buddy Luis and his comments of me being notorious for crossing the line. But there was no anxiety, just pure thoughts, and, and if I cross the line, so be it. It is what it is. Do what you got to do. I want you to think about this. When's the last time you went hours on end without having negative thoughts? As I stated earlier, our brain is wired for just that. Everything the body does first and foremost is for survival. That stems into dwelling on the past and wondering about the future and nothing. I had none of that shit. Every thought was pure and reassuring the backbone of confidence. I wrote in my, I started to write in my journal about the, the direct correlation between today's food and how it infiltrates the mind and the body and the spirit. That inflammation causes the lymphatic system to slow way down, preventing toxins to rid and promoting roadblocks to, for like optimal thoughts. The, the direct correlation between gut health and mind health, it, it just started to become super apparent enough that I started jotting it down. And in no way, shape, or form do I suggest anyone like starve themselves. That's not the point. My intention and in, in my mission is to apply this philosophy with an open mind and continue to research the brain and the body through fasting techniques, which has survived the test of time, let me tell you, dating all the way back to the biblical era. There, there's something very interesting that happens when the body is relieved of inflammation. And in my experience, while completely depleting my body, I reconnected with Brandon. Unlike animals and, you know, with their instincts to guide them past dangers, you know, we humans, we rely on conscious decisions. Sometimes these decisions get foggy because of the hustle and bustle of the world and and the positions we get ourselves in. But this fasting experience found i mean it completely found my yin to my yang as i stated in my fasting seminar last week for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction man is that true because the pendulum shifted and and it removed ego or at least confronted my ego and presented like an aerial view of life it was it was in a different language but i interpreted it like it was my very own and it stood out, enabling a, a newfound guide and a newfound dimension of energy. I came to know myself more. And I am now exposed. Look, if this podcast were to be summed up in one sentence, it'd be something like this. Living in the present moment is the purest form of energy I've ever experienced. Because here's the thing. Maybe next time when I do the 75-hour fast, it won't feel a fucking thing like this. That this experience was based on a, a series of events that was just waiting for me to light the match. 
Here's what I know. And with the utmost conviction, I can do absolutely anything. So can you. But we can't do everything, especially at once. And timing, it's, it's the compelling force that's, well, it's apparent when chance and coincidence collide. Maybe it's like universal order, you know, like the oceans, they vibe out because of the moon and the planets. Well, they're influenced by the sun. It's synchronized chaos. And I truly believe we all have that one extraordinary thing to share with the world. The problem is, is marching to other people's beats will never, ever bring that shit out. And how you deal with external chaos like everyday life shit will always be dictated by how you deal with your inner chaos. Take it. Take that how you want it. Man. I mean, I didn't make this shit up. These rules are not mine. Thoughts are always going to be subject to emotion, and emotion will always guide action. My emotion was completely patience. If that's even an emotion. I don't know. The, the more I adjusted by working with this energy instead of resisting it, the more free I became, the more my ego was exposed, the, the more life got that much simpler. For me, the 75-hour experience served to guide my passage to like a point where intuition and chance and coincidence and, and timing, where they all, all four of those meet, like the four points. One more thing. I mourned my father's death for the first time in 10 years. Maybe, maybe this is more for a shrink, but fuck it. The Road to an Extraordinary Mind by BK. Peace.